This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 89, recorded on the 31st of March, 2016. On today's show, Managing Through Generations. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored by GoCamp Pro. In a lot of ways, GoCamp Pro was built for directors just like you, people doing it all themselves. We designed this by asking ourselves, what resources do we wish that we had during our time as directors? The material will be helpful to those in their first five to seven years of directing, but so much of it fits for camp directors who are looking for ways to make their camp life easier. To join, go to gocamp.pro. And this week's podcast is sponsored in part by camp pros like you who support the show on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you can show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com forward slash camphacker. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker show. Hello, campros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. Uh, I run the Camp Hacker Network, and I am one of the founders of Go Camp Pro. Hi, my name is Dan Weir. I'm the director of camping services at Frost Valley YMCA. Frost Valley is a year-round camp conference education facility up in the Catskill Mountains, and this will be my 20th summer working at summer camp this upcoming summer. And my name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Oro. Uh, camp Oro is an all-girls camp uh, situated in the Laurentian Mountains, and it's my, we'll say, 17th year working <laughs> at the camp-ish. Right on. Well, welcome to both of you. It's great to have uh, have you back. We're having some trouble with Joe, so I don't think he's going to join us. Dan, as you were saying, this is my twentieth year. I was realizing that the first podcast we did would have you would have been saying it was your thirteenth or fourteenth summer at camp. Yeah, at Frost Valley. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I think this conversation, this podcast we've been doing is, is one of the more um, more consistent things that's been in my life. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad to share with you guys and Joe. Um, yeah. So welcome to those of you watching on YouTube or listening on your phone. Um, today we wanted to talk about something that would be a bit bigger topic, just thinking big and, and um, following up on the last podcast, which was, you know, but a, a moment in the day to want to think about something bigger. And um, we're going to talk about managing through the generations and managing specifically staff through the generations. And Dan, I wonder if you could just start us off with um, sort of where we're going with this. Yeah, so um, I think uh, the reason we chose it to be managing generations and not just managing millennials or uh, managing up, uh, but really talking about every generation is because it seems like this is just a re reoccurring topic in our industry. So ACA, um, in my time of going to the Tri-State Camp Conference, has had two authors, uh, two keynotes. Um, one was Bruce Tolgan, and one was, um, that was probably like uh, mid-2000s. And then um, and then uh, two years ago, I had Dr. Til uh, Tim Elmore. And um, those two people, same topic, just teaching people how to bridge the generation gap with, with it. And so this topic is so much more than just saying, oh, millennials do this, or all, all people do over 50 do this. Um, it is really much more about uh, 
bridging the gap between two people that have differences and differences in perspective, differences in age, differences in um, hours they might be willing to work or can work, you know, and really understanding that as a whole. And that's that's why we went with a, a broader topic than just, hey, millennials or this or or people that are in the thirties are disconnected, you know, like it, we went right. with the whole whole thing as, as a 30 year old, I feel like I can make fun of myself in that sense, but yeah. So cool. And we yeah. can make fun of you, Dan. So it's all, it <laughs> please, <works>. please do, <laughs> please do. You know, so, so uh, before we segue into the actual thing, so one of the, uh, the funnier things of being at the same camp for 20 years, right. Is growing up here and walking around. And I, I, I had this nostalgia when I walk in some buildings and then I walk into other rooms with staff, and I feel so incredibly old. And so there's moments where I can literally think of the time I was in, in this spot when I was 16, and, and it connects to that emotion, that feeling. And then walk into another room, and I'm like, oh, that's right, I'm turning 35 this summer. Got it. <laughs> like, I am clearly over here, you know. <laughs> and I think that's the unique thing about camp is that everybody that works in camp, for the most part, is very youthful in their mindset. And so when they hit a generation gap, uh, it's it's aggravating. It's frustrating. And I think for people, um, they, they assume, oh, I've always been able to connect with the youth. And for some reason, I can't. But with this topic, we really want to stick to staff um, as well, too. You know, um, I think uh, kids are kids in, uh, in terms of 7 to 15-year-olds and being – those issues are continually the same things. But as workforces change as the decades move on, I think it's important to, to recognize that, um, that what a trick might have worked – uh, a decade ago with a with a 20 year old is not a trick that works now you know and, yeah. and, and and that is important to recognize and why, why the topic's so broad so but i'll swing it back out to everyone else so Kev, do you have any thoughts to get us started yeah i was i was just thinking about the also growing up at camp and we have a, an alumni that comes often to to help out with some of the gardening, and she, she grew up at camp, and she's sort of a second mother to my to me, and she would often tear up when she would get to camp because of the smell. She was like, "It's the smell; it brings back all these memories." And I would look at her like she was crazy. I'd be like, "Wrap it up! Come on, let's do this. We got to do gardening." And now I totally tear up. I see, you know, a kid you know, somebody drops something and then a camper helps her. And I'm like, Oh, it's just so beautiful. We're changing the world. And I get super emotional. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm turning into Leslie. That's what's happening. But you have, you have to embrace it. <laughs> you have to embrace it. Um, I want to build a little bit on, uh, something that Dan said, and now I can't quite remember what he said, but I was like, this is totally great. Um, I have it. It's coming and no, it's gone. <laughs> it's not there. Well, I'll let you think about it. Doesn't it want, want to hang out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you think on it, and, and I'll, uh, and I'll take over for a bit. So this topic, to me, uh, in so many ways, comes down to um, uh, philosophy, and not. I, I mean, think we have a greater percentage of um, of open, uh, considerate thinkers in our industry than in others, but we still have the spectrum. So we have people who. Um, you know, can deal with change. And, um, you know, I love uh, Carol Dweck's, Dweck's um, stuff about being um, set in your ways or being open-minded and um, that you can work on being more open-minded, but that it, it is that philosophy that, um, you know, th that things can change and you should be changing. And so uh, I certainly see this in, in the consulting side of the business where, um, you know, marketing clients who, 
when I try to get to this point before I take them on as a client, I have a client, somebody who wanted to be a client who said to me, um, you know, we've always done it this way and I just want to tweak what we're already already doing. Um, I don't want to add anything new. I don't want to change in any way. I just want to tweak what we're already doing. And in the end, I had to say, look, we're not a good match because I am talking about change and it's going to be hard work, but it's going to pay off. But you have to be open to the, the, the idea that things are changing. And so dealing with people uh, in different directions, older than you or younger than you, you're going to have to be open to the fact that things are not going to be the same way. The same way you can't market camp the way you did when you're cranking stuff out in the Gestetner in the 70s. Um, you have to look at things with an open mind. And I think that to me is maybe should have been my wrap up, wrap up point instead of my intro point. But um, if you go into like this... It. Um, <laughs> saying things have to change and will change all the time, then yeah. you're going to set yourself up in in better spot. You're going to be in a better position to be less frustrated and to get along better with your staff, younger or older. I I, I really think you brought up a really great um, parallel is is marketing. Um, you know, if uh, uh, like. I don't know, in the 90s, 80s, 90s, it was send the brochure 16 times and, you know, uh, keep sending it. And, and, and now it's much more about sincerity um, and, uh, and real and authenticity with what you're doing. Uh, I think years ago it was about polished. And now it's the um, shaky cam footage on YouTube carries as much weight, yeah. if not more, than your brochure. Because it's showing the real thing. And so when you think about how, we, how we're constantly adapting with marketing... That's constantly how we have to. The marketing is a reflection of the time period that we're in, and that and that's how we should be thinking about working with staff. Is that we're constantly adapting to where the staff are coming from, you know? Um, and and, yeah. and there's some unifying things um, like communication and organization, and um, that everyone gets behind. It's more about presentation style and yeah. giving certain areas for it to breathe, and you know that sort of thing. Yeah. And and I think that I think that the the essence of of individuals comes down to when it especially comes to working at summer camp. You just you want to do a good job. Staff want to do a good job, and that's that's when they come to your camp. Maybe yeah. at the halfway point, sometimes they they falter, but but they they essentially want to do a good job, and they also essentially want to impress you. And um, and what it comes down to is is the as you say, Dan, it's sort of the learning styles and. Uh, as um, as leaders, we have to adapt to the learning styles of our of our staff, of our campers, and of our of our parents. and And how do we get the information to them? Um, how do we inspire them? How do we, you know, get them hooked? Uh, drink the Kool Aid, if you will. Yeah. Um, and and that's the piece. I I went to a, a party with a bunch of friends, and it was really obvious uh, the group of people that don't work with a younger population and the group of people um, that do. And the group of people that don't work with the younger population. There's this. There's almost a fear of Definitely. who are these uh, individuals. And I, I, I live in Montreal, and so like, hipsters are. We're crawling with hipsters everywhere. I love it. Um, but one of the, one of the people at the party said, like, I don't understand this this hipster. What is a hipster? And and I was like, you know, it's not as frightening as <laughs> as you're making it sound. I was like, well, there are people that tend to like 
putting things in mason jars, uh, <laughs> making things from scratch, you know, secondhand clothing because they don't want to leave a, a negative imprint on the environment. Um, not every boots, not all boots go out into the, the hiking, you know, some yeah. boots are for show, you know. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's a, it's an innocent, it's a, it's a, yeah. So, and I, I think what happens a lot of the times is as we get older, we're put into the role of of teaching, so teaching our children, uh, uh, supervising our staff, and so we're in a in a role of knowing, 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 and less and less in learning, learning, learning. And so when we're not learning anymore, um, or less of it, then when we have to learn something new, it becomes a little bit frightening because you're supposed to be the person that knows stuff, and then that creates some form of div- divide. But if if you start looking at it as every summer when you come back to camp. You're there to learn from your staff. You're there to learn from your campers. And that's part of your growing. I think the generation gap becomes less just because that is your role. But it, we're sort of placed into a, a leadership position by default because of age. Um, and then that's the, it's the same the, the other way. If you're working with somebody that's that's older, sometimes it's, it's difficult for them to, to hear you because they see you as younger. Maybe you should be less experienced than them, but you're not. And it's sort of bridging that gap and saying, you know, we have a similar goal. Um, but, um, I was at a camp show and there's, uh, two camp directors that every time they walked by me, they sort of said, we're too old for this. We need to get out. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, there was joking, but it was, there was some seriousness in their voice. No, they, too. They, like, were, they were kind of serious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are we here? You know, yeah. our booth is coming down. Do you have duct tape? I, I don't want to do this anymore. So, so I was like, well, maybe you've hit your, your limit, but, um, yeah, it's a personal check, but it's you're really just you're trying to connect with individuals is what it comes down to. Right, right. Dan and I had a discussion um, that wasn't part of the podcast last spring when there were a lot of people um, struggling with uh, getting staff to make commitments for the summer and people dropping out at the last minute. Yeah. And um, yeah. And it wasn't something, it wasn't an issue that we had personally experienced. Now, I was a director now, um, last nine years ago, but uh, it wasn't something we went through. But Dan had said it wasn't something that he was going through with staff making a commitment and a larger, a growing number of them not sticking to those commitments. And I think part of this comes down to communication. If you're communicating up or down, um, your communication style has to change over time. Certainly fear of a younger generation is nothing new. That's centuries old. And certainly in the last That's the one consistency. That's the one consistency forever. The younger generation is going to burn the place down. That's that's the one consistency. I don't know. I might burn it down by accident. (laughs) I forget (laughs) stuff now. Um, But Travis, what you're saying with communication too, I think it's also you take a step further. It's engagement. You know, it's not just speaking to them. It's, it's making sure they feel engaged, you know, and, um, I think I remember having that conversation and um, talking about how using social media to that benefit, you know, like having this ongoing engagement conversation of letting them know what you're planning in the off season and building a momentum. And, and now, you know, I mean, think of every summer camp, if they don't have a newsletter or an email updating families, are they really retaining their campers as they get closer? You know, going back to the marketing parallel, you know, if you um, hug your, your staff, like you hug your customers, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll work out. You know? and, and that's why, I, that's why I really encourage other camps to get as many staff members involved throughout the year on many projects that they're interested in. And a lot of the time it has to do with social media. So like the top, you know, the 20, you know, Instagram countdown 
to first campfire, you know, have two staff members work on that, um, um, you know, new signage for, for camp that has, if it's your, you know, an anniversary that year that has history facts, certain things that, that staff members are excited and interested in doing, but if they feel valued and that's, that is a, that is a, that is a part of yeah. our younger generation is that they feel seen when you're in such a, a world where everything's posted, everything is, is so much of your life is online for part it's to be recognized and but to feel valued and if you reach out and say what are you interested in what are you excited about um and the more staff that are involved the more that they're excited to share that with their friends you know so it sort of creates this momentum yeah. and um and you know just even having returning staff phone uh new staff members have skype chats just it, that little bit of responsibility that makes your job so much easier um we have, I mean, I want to knock on wood right now, like, but we, we don't have, we haven't had, since we've been doing that in the past, I haven't had anybody drop out, but we make sure everybody has a form of responsibility that they're excited about some form of project, um, that they come up with, with myself. And, and I love it. Just to clarify that Gab, So you, um, at, upon hiring, will work with them and say, what's a project that you want to take on between now and the summer. And yeah. here are some options. Is that how that works? Yeah, exactly. And it's a, and a lot of the times it's things like, for example, if there's something on camp that maybe we could do better, then we come up with the idea on how we can do that better. And then they work on how they're going to present it to the staff. Mm -hmm. So they just know that when they get to camp, they're going to present this idea that myself and the individual came up with and how are they going to present that change? And it's, it makes it exciting, but they're looking forward to that little piece of putting their stamp and, I am too, you know, quite frankly, there's some really cool stuff that comes yeah. out of it, but I know that person's not backing out um, right. because they're excited about have you know, yeah, leaving their mark. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, go ahead, Dan. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I wrote down, um, I wrote down uh, five phrases that, I use are five things I, I use with talking to any generation employee to get their buy-in. Um, the common theme is getting the individual attention with them. Um, uh, I could dive into that. I just didn't know. Travis, yeah, do, do you want to speak on what Gab? Okay, great. Um, so, um, so the first one was um, I, I always explain that I'm trying everything I'm doing. I'm trying to build a community. And that everybody is part of that community, and, and so that they are valued. Um, the second thing I do is um, is is use the word invested, um, saying I'm invested in you, and really making sure they understand when I when I say that, meaning that I am here trying to develop and grow you as much as I'm growing the camp, um, and saying that to everybody that that I work with, um, and then uh, really explaining why I need them. So the, this would be the third phrase is that I need you on this team because you bring this quality. And, um, you know, I was talking with somebody yesterday who is, uh, in the, uh, who's, what should I think he's in his early forties and, um, you know, talking about, he doesn't have as much time to give at times because he has a son and he's got to take care of things, uh, regarding life where somebody else that is, just starting at our place can work longer hours and, and talking about 
making sure he understands his value on the team. That's not just about the hours he could put in, but the perspective or, or what he brings um, and, and moving, moving the ball forward, uh, so to speak. Um, the, um, the last two are really questions uh, for them. Um, one is, um, uh, one's more of a statement saying, I, I need you to coach me on how to best work with you and how to best keep you in the loop. So really putting it in their court of like, okay, it's your responsibility to explain to me <laughs> how, how I should be communicating to you. Um, and, um, uh, you know, and it often, um, it, you may phrase it like that coaching. Um, that's a phrase that you can use when you're managing up or you're managing down for lack of better words. So you can use it with your supervisor or you can use it with the people below you, um, because they will always feel like they have an opportunity to explain it. And then the last is I just always ask, um, like asking is how do you like to be communicated with? Um, and then, uh, if they're obviously that could be pretty crazy if you have six, different styles of communication amongst your team or amongst your your staff but then asking them can they adapt to this way and that's that's the way you're going to be communicating primarily is that is that something you can adapt to so what you're essentially saying is i hear that's how you want to hear things i'm going to do my best to give it to you that way but really this is how it's going to be coming down the pipe just get ready for it i want to say that no one ever says no i can't you can't communicate to me that way but um but those are just five phrases i think in terms of takeaways from this conversation that uh, and I'll put that in the show notes too. Um, just that I use with with talking with anybody of any 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 generation, um, especially if I'm not from that generation. Right. That's great. Yeah. Um, we have uh, we have moved to naturally talking about um, working with younger staff, but I also want to talk about working with older staff. And I think so many of these things just apply, as Dan said, these five things help them would help you just clarify with that individual um, expectations and and trying to adjust to their styles. Um, one of the things that, you know, that works, it's sort of a bigger management, not just the communication, but a bigger management thing, um, I think involves having some real clear goals um, about if you if generations are important to you or if you only want to deal with staff who are, say, 18 to 25, um, or if you think there are some bigger missional aspects to having older staff. Uh, it, it, one of my great camp experiences was getting to visit Camp Nebagaman in Wisconsin a couple summers ago. And one of the things that was truly remarkable to me is how many older staff they had retired age staff that they had most of them had been campers there um it's boys camp so so uh, these are all men um these retired generation was all men and there's about six of them on a staff of i don't know maybe 70 at the most um probably less than that actually maybe 50 staff and um so the camp had um, done a couple of things to set that up well. Um, they had, first of all, said, we're open to people in any generation um, coming. And, um, you know, consider us when you retire and you're looking for something fun to do in the summer. You want to go back to that great smell of camp and to see those wonderful moments, then please consider us. Uh, they had also specifically built some accommodation that was a little higher end, um, not super fancy but a little higher end for those people um and also for staff members with families so they had um, like a section head who would bring um his spouse and their kids to camp and they had said things set up with um 
you know, childcare for the kids and this good space that the family could share that they could manage camp life. And that was, I'm sure, a big investment for them to, to create that kind of space. Uh, but the payoff is that they have this awesome example of generations working together from, in their case, 21 to 75, probably, and um, people learning in all directions. And it was just a great example of what camp could be for everybody, the, the, all these things. And they had just been very purposeful about, we want this, we will provide it, and we're going to tell people that, that it's there. And it was such a, an awesome, it was great to see. Yeah. yeah that's fantastic. And I think it it's a, obviously creates amazing role modeling, not just for the campers, but for the staff as well. This is what, you know, camp is important to, to individuals, um, not at a specific time in their life, but yes. at all different stages of their lives. And, and also just learning from uh, often our, our camp staff have way more responsibility than they do anywhere else. And um, just having sort of that, that support figure around um, to say you're doing a good job, or I noticed you did this. Is, I'm sure is very, very uh, comforting yeah. um, to staff members. But it, it's it's lovely that they have somebody that they can look up to as well. Um, I think it's it's fantastic, and it's like anybody else is setting the expectations clearly before um, before they come to camp and what their role is, and also what to do when staff are not doing what they think they should be doing and right. <laughs> saying there's there's certain ways to deal with this and you know that you know those type of things but um it's i think bridging bridging those generation gaps um the more we can do it um the it's just creates a community that is, is so much more empathetic um and and i think camps could really really benefit and a lot of the times it's, it's because we don't know how to facilitate that but if you put a little bit of time yeah. aside and plan ahead yeah. and then yeah. and then you and you you start small you start small right yeah the smallest things yeah. um have the 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 greatest payoff um and you know if such things as at staff training um don't have your senior staff sit separate from your counseling staff and make sure that that right. shuffles every time so that um, and we've been so specific as to send resource level staff into um, into the dining hall ahead of counselors in the first couple of days of staff training so that there is at least one of them at every table and then we let yeah. the counselors in and then it becomes a little bit more natural as the week goes on but, and there are occasional meals you have to sit together to plan the next thing, but um, we're really intentional about that. And that meant that we would have nurses in their 60s, um, you know, sitting with high school students and um, everybody working to figure out how to have the conversation. And, and it meant so much in terms of the relationship with each other and, um, it, yeah, and, and basically how the satisfaction of the summer went was, was having that set up from the very beginning. Yeah. I, th I think I think for me, uh, when it comes to experiencing a generation gap, I think what it for me what it comes down to is understanding how the world is now perceiving you, and right. I think that's a scary experience. Um, and I know that it felt like a blink when I was the the youngest at everything, and then all of a sudden, I was the wise one. And I was like, how how did that happen? It felt like it was an 18 month shift. Um, all of a sudden they're like, and you, what do you think? I was like, no, wh when did this occur? Um, but 
but the perspective, I think the, the larger the gap one feels, it's, it's more about how you feel people are looking at you and how you're, how they're experiencing you and, and trying to understand what that relationship looks like. And I think once you sort of reflect a little bit more on that, that helps actually with the relationship of that gap that you're experiencing. Um, and, um, and I, I know certainly that that's where I start is, yeah. is how come I'm experiencing this? What's, what's difficult for me? It's not necessarily what's difficult for them. It's, it's more, what's, what am I struggling with? And that goes uh, with somebody that's, that's older than me. It could be a self-confidence thing on my part. And it can also be somebody that's younger than me. Also perhaps a self-confidence thing on my part. Am I cool enough? Um, I, I, I will admit that I do buy shoes to impress my staff and I just got <laughs> some really nice shoes. And one of my staff members were like, those are killer shoes. I was like, Oh, these things? Oh, thanks. But it's totally on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, I do it with music. I uh, posted, I was listening to Kendrick Lamar's new album and you would have thought I like posted, I love young people. It was so funny. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Kendrick Lamar's new album is just the same as Kanye's first stuff. And they're like, it, yeah, it, like it's just the same as, as like rich stuff. Like it's not that much. Uh, yeah. But I'm not saying you no, can't sorry, use your you. tricks. You need those. Yeah. You got to use your wheelhouse. Yeah. 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 But also that's going back to, Hey, can you teach me like play, play the, play the idiot and just say, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but, 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 just say, and you can do that with everyone. You do it with everyone. I'm like, oh, I don't know that. Yeah, please, please explain to me. And, and there's a, a psychological power of getting somebody, somebody explains something to you, they feel like they are now um, investing in you in a sense that like they're taking time with you and they're going to try and coach you and, and lead you. And you think about every person that we hire for, for camp setting from business to the maintenance, to the, the counseling staff, it's, it's people that want to work with people and sure. people that are passionate about being at a camp. You, you could, you know, the, the people that are, are registrars, they could do this, the functions of their job at a bank, you know, but they choose to work for less salary at a camp because they believe in the mission and what the purpose is. And, and that, regardless of what type of camp and operation you run, um, any way you split up your, your demographic for private versus nonprofit, Everyone works at a camp because they believe in the outcome. They believe that's totally. a good place for children. And you drive, you go back to that. I mean, that's that's a, that is something that could bridge everyone together. But um, yeah, it's just funny. <laughs> like I definitely have my tricks of like knowing who to talk to about what and stuff. So right on. Right on. Uh, I, I think there's lots more to cover about this. So if uh, if people are listening to this on the Camp Hacker web website, um, do leave us a, a comment or you can always tweet us. Um, I'm at Camp Hacker and Dan is at Dan Loves Camp and Gab is at Gabrielle Rail. Um, mm -hmm. We're interested in, did we cover this to your satisfaction? Is there other things you were yelling at the, uh, at the, the earphones or yelling at the YouTube uh, about this? So please do let us know. Um, if you found this topic helpful, uh, we'd be so grateful if you would leave us a, an honest review on iTunes. So go to camphacker.tv slash iTunes, and that'll open up your iTunes. You can just leave it right in there. Um, but also then you can see all the other episodes that uh, that we're recording. We are at the present recording episode 89, so we're approaching 100 episodes pretty quickly. Um, and uh, we're so grateful that all these people have uh, have checked in. 
um, and yeah. been listening to this over the over the years. Um, as we've said at the beginning, we've, we've been doing this podcast or a version of it now for um, almost seven years. So it's uh, a great pleasure to have these conversations <laughs> and for your involvement as a listener as well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So then what I think we should do is um, switch us over to the tool of the week. Tool of the week. Since I've got the mic, um, I will start us off for, for once. Um, this actually oh. is so relevant. It wasn't why I picked it, um, but it's so relevant to what we're talking about today. Um, it is a game called The True Story Game, based on a podcast that I love. Uh, it's a game of true tales told to friends. Uh, this is what it looks like. I will put the link to buy it in um, in the show notes at camphacker.tv slash podcast. And uh, it is an awesome game. It is just basically a game of conversation starters. So if you had 10 of these cards um, on every table at a meal and spent five minutes, probably need 10 or 15 to, to have everybody have their say, um, or you could rotate and have two people talk um, per meal. Uh, it It's so simple and it's in its simplicity um in its concept but you uh, basically are just given uh, a word to talk about and then you tell a story about it it's designed that your stories get more complicated you have to do it three times in each round it gets a little more complicated um but you know topics cards for example are teenage dream um <laughs> uh, grandfather robbed scar um all, all these things that could to could get a story going and um I just got the game and was super excited about it. And this past Easter, when we had everybody here from our family, we played it one night, started at 11 or 10 o'clock at night, and just had a great conversation for an hour and a half that everybody told a little story. And even though we're family, I think everybody learned something about each other in the group. And it was really kind of a magical moment for us. And I think that That's um, awesome. this is a, a great tool that you could use at camp. And... I don't recall the price, but I think it's less than 20 bucks or $20, and that too will be in the show notes, um, and worth having even a set or two to put out on the tables at a mealtime. Even just leave them there and see what happens, or to formally introduce something. So it's the True Story game um, from the True Story podcast people, which I'd also recommend you um, subscribe to another great podcast. Um, so there you go. Something with uh, great impact and directly related to what we're talking about today. Uh, Gab, what's your, what's your tool? Uh, my tool is called the Noun Project, and it's a it's a collective of uh, icons that you can download for free. And I'm a huge believe, believer of using icons to represent uh, certain topics, especially in staff manuals and slides. Um, instead of just using words for those that need a little bit of more of a visual representation. And what's really neat about it is that you can also give a donation. So if you're going to you know download a whole bunch, you can donate, or you can uh, you know you know, just use it for free and, and cite the artist. But um, if, if you're looking to, to spice up some of your documents, especially for staff learning, yeah, the, the NAM project is awesome. Right on. It's great. What a good pick. And uh, for you, Dan, you've been doing some reading. Yeah. Um, uh, so the book is called uh, Hug Your Haters, um, and it's by Jay <laughs> Bear. And um, so I heard his interview on the Art of Charm podcast, and uh, I decided to pick it up. And the short version of it is he, he talks about how we don't 
uh, address our reviews that are negative well enough. Right. And um, if you look on products online, um, when you look at a negative review, how detrimental that can be to your brand, no matter what you have, and that you, instead of most people will ignore it and assume that the good will tune out the bad, but you should be addressing it. And um, uh, it's a fantastic book. David has a poster in it. He um, gives you takeaways on um, media strategies with it. Um, he tells you about how not to be emotionally invested in um, in it. Um, he talks about uh, he talks about the difference between oh, it's, I'm looking at the poster on stage haters versus off stage haters. So people that will publicly bash you versus privately bash you, right. um, and what they want and how to resolve it. Um, but it's just. You know, uh, I am constantly looking at how to refine our our, our practices, and and uh, it was just it was it was reaffirming some of the things we're doing. It gave me some ideas of how to respond uh, more efficiently in the in the future. And he talks about how to do this in an efficient light, which was the, really the, the 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 thing that attracted me to the most of the book. You know, I think a lot of these books that are that I read or that get recommended, they're more philosophical than than implementation and and execution. And this talked about. Um, how if you read a negative review about yourself or your company online, how to answer it without bringing all your emotional baggage and right. taking up more of your time um, and ruining your day and how to do it effectively. So it was just, it's a great book. Um, and um, yeah, I got the poster over my desk and just reminds me to take things seriously um, when they come across. And um, yeah, so I, I recommend it highly. And I haven't read it yet, but I loved his last book, Utility, was just a game changer yeah. for me and the way I thought about these things. So um, I'm excited to read it. So great picks. Thank you. Nice. Um, right on. So thank you again to those who are listening. Uh, if you want to spread the, the news, you've been listening to the Camp Hacker podcast. We've made it easy. Please go to camphacker.tv slash love. Um, and that'll put out a tweet uh, on our behalf. And we'd be grateful if you did that. Um if you have other questions or feedback, please do get in touch with us. If you want to get in touch with Dan, Dan, how should they do that? Yeah, so um, you can tweet me at Dan Loves Camp. I'm not using Twitter too much these days, but you can also email me at campdirector at frostvalley.org, and I, I work at Frost Valley YMCA as well. But the, those are the best ways to get a hold of me. And then um, you can uh, find my past presentations on danlovescamp.com. Right. Cool. Well, thanks for being here, Dan. Yeah, thank you. And Gab, if people want to reach out to you? Yep, they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Gabrielle Grail and check out where I work at world.com. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, and if you have uh, anything for me, Travis at camphacker.tv. I am at camphacker on all of the socials. Um, I'm doing my best to claim all of those titles or those those handles which will be my parting advice for you um every time you hear of a new social network go sign up for it that doesn't mean you're making a lifetime commitment to them it just means that you're reserving the handle of your camp so create an account in your own name and um a and one in the camp's name in everything you should have that in snapchat you should have it in tumblr you should on and on and on and they should try you should keep keep them the same and um so that's my my parting advice um is to to make sure you do that not enough camps are doing that and i'm seeing people run into trouble um the funny example that i see often is instagram 
somebody will talk not camp specifically but somebody will talk on instagram and use their twitter handle the person that they're talking yeah. to their twitter handle and they don't they haven't claimed that on instagram so it goes nowhere or somebody else has claimed it so every time you hear of a new social network get your butt out there spend the two minutes it takes to sign up and claim that same handle everywhere that's why you can reach me at camp hacker on instagram twitter snapchat etc so there you go um we want to take just a minute and uh, thank those people who on who are sponsoring us on Patreon. If you go to p a t r e o n slash camphacker, you dot com slash camphacker, you can also support the show. That helps pay for Matt, who does a combination of um, production and blog writing and uh, all those things. And so we're grateful for that we none of the four of us make any money off this we just want to put it out there for the community but it's nice for us to be able to support matt and to pay him so if you've got stuff there you can yeah. donate for as little as a dollar a month and it does make a huge difference speaking of matt um i understand that this is public knowledge but i'll edit it out if not matt got his first camp director job just this week um and uh he's been a so loyal to us and looked after us for so many years he is uh moving up and will be directing for the first time this summer um at camp edgewood in guelph ontario and we're really proud awesome. of him and uh it's nice that um nice to see him staying in the camp industry so thanks Iskis, for all that you do Finally, I would like to say, find the show notes, past episodes, again, at camphacker.tv slash podcast. And thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus. Thank you.